0: everyone welcome back to the podcast Uh, thank you to all who joined in our conversation around our eco spirituality series i think it was really interesting to explore different aspects of eco anxiety and these conversations that we're having Um, it was a great service last week for our baptism service and now we move into a special week for national coming out day and also setting up our labyrinth after church on sunday Uh, So, please plan on sticking around for lunch if you can make it. It'll be such a great time just to set up um, this new space on the property and to be together outside, um, especially as the weather is nice. Um, So, if you haven't been around in a while or are back listening for the first time in a couple weeks, um, we are returning to our theme around Solidarity Sunday slash National Coming Out Day, um, which happens every year in October. And this year I want to share a particular story of an Episcopal priest who is part of our church's history um, and also to offer up an idea of what it looks like for us to move through a dark night of the soul especially as it relates to the queer experience but also for folks who are allies whether or not you identify as LGBTQ, and why this is important for all of us. Um, So I'm going to open with sharing a verse from Dark Testament, uh, which was published by Polly Murray, who is an Episcopal priest um, who was born and lived through the 50s, lived through all of Jim Crow area, and um, explore how Polly's story really resonates with this idea of the dark night of the soul and the movement and the growth and the beauty that happens on the other side. And so Dark Testament and other poems was Polly Murray's book of poetry that was written and published um, in 1970, but written between 1933 and 1941. So this comes from verse 8. Hope is a crushed stalk between clenched fingers. Hope is a bird's wing broken by a stone. Hope is a word in a tuneless ditty, a word whispered with the wind, a dream of 40 acres and a mule, a cabin of one's own and a moment to rest, a name and place for one's children and children's children at last. Hope is a song in a weary throat. Give me a song of hope and a world where I can sing it. Give me a song of faith and a people to believe in it. Give me a song of kindliness and a country where I can live in it. Give me a song of hope and love and a brown girl's heart to hear it. Something that brings us all back together over and over again is this desire to bring in, to share belonging, um, even to those who who have been pushed to the margins the farthest. And I think that everyone else wins in this liberating work, because we're bound up with one another. That the whole body of Christ cries out, if any part, is oppressed. And so in this, even though we're talking about National Coming Out Day, which has been more or less um, one very particularly important day for the LGBTQ community, it's a message for all of us, not just those still working towards figuring out LGBTQ inclusion. And my hope is that we never feel like we have figured it all out. And so the invitation here is to explore uh, some queer interpretations of text to break open some ideas that we've had in the past and explore like what this means for us here as our community. And this day of National Coming Out Day, uh, which happens on October 11th, is joined together with Solidarity Sunday, which is going to be this Sunday. Whatever Sunday is closest um, is the one that's represented. It was founded by Robert Eichberg and Gina Leary in 1988, and this was in celebration of the second National March for Equality for Persons of All Gender and Sexual Identities in Washington, D.C., and the purpose of this march and this day is to promote public awareness of LGBTQ rights and to celebrate gender and sexuality as a good gift. Uh, Solidarity Sunday didn't come into effect until 1995, um, actually by a group of Catholics called Dignity USA that were working for full inclusion of LGBTQ folks within church and society. and. As we gather around on the Sunday, um, it's included in the Disciples of Christ calendar, and it's included in ours. Last year, I created space for us to explore a queer interpretation of Ruth and Naomi's story. It's a different kind of approach, but one that I think is essential to embracing a truly inclusive and open mind towards our biblical text, our faith, our community, and ourselves. I think if all that we do is read new material or the same material and try to force it back into some sort of box that we've titled truth or the right way, then I think we miss an opportunity to see God in process. The task of someone who operates as a practical theologian is to reflect theologically on areas of life that are kind of a common experience. Um, We have to make room for reflection. On our experiences, our practice, and to have dialogue between our theology, social science, um, our own collective wisdom, in order to create some sense of like, what do we deem to be not just truth, but something that we collectively say we're working towards. Um, a lot of times, this ends up being kind of oriented towards one very specific truth, that this this A must only mean B. Um, but instead, I think that as we've explored it through so many different ways, um, we have to move away from a system systematic theology that supports a construct um, that the power within major institutions of society ends up being the only decent or important way of understanding our experiences. These are often kind of labeled as decent theologies. But uh, there are also alternative theologies, similar to the dirty theology that Ryan was talking about a few weeks ago, um, that incorporate this indecent theology. That so this asks theologians uh, to engage in indecent readings of scripture that subvert and reorganize the relationships that are found within the pages of the text. It frees the voices in the sacred text from the limits right that have been placed from hetero-patriarchal structures, um, the writings that focus on the outsider, um, and instead allow a space that breaks open or queers our understanding. And there are, of course, always concerns in that using creative approaches to scripture um, or incorporating different kinds of texts into uh, how we're having these conversations as a community could rob the Bible of its historical grounding, um, because a lot of theologians are trying to demonstrate uh, the biblical text connection to a status quo of some sort and often this is referred to in a sexual status quo in terms of sexuality versus a queer reading that upends this. It acknowledges that the integrity of the historical context is a culturally conditioned one. So last year, right, we in basically went on a journey, embarked on a journey of an imaginative reading of a biblical text between Ruth and Naomi. Sorry for all the voices in the background if you can hear them, but hopefully that doesn't distract too much. Um, But there's a beauty in, again, breaking this open. And so this year I invite us into an indecent or dirty theology way of embracing the dark night of the soul. Much to people's surprise, um, St. John of the Cross, the author of Noche Escura, uh, Dark Night of the Soul, is considered to be a gay or queer icon. He wrote often of a very erotic, kind of intimate relationship with the Christ. And I don't think we have to take these writings literally to see that at its core, St. John of the Cross's writings have a way of queering or breaking open the binary bounds of what should be, instead coming out into a more inclusive, welcoming space of what could be. And the language is absolutely beautiful, um, but also often kind of looked over and just focused on the core of this idea of Dark night of the Soul. Um, he was a great Spanish mystic, and a lot of his work within The Dark Night of the Soul is still read um, within Catholic mysticism. We've talked about it within our own uh, community. He worked alongside other mystics like St. Teresa of Avila, um, and he used the language of kind of courtly love to describe his relationship with the Christ. Not everyone is about that, but the notion of The Dark Night of the Soul has entered Western culture, to refer to a particular kind of emotive, affective state um, that almost ends in this mystical experience. um, And points to a notion that at some point, you most likely will have to go through a certain amount of darkness, suffering, experience before you have this realization. Um... Often it is about the breaking down or breaking apart of systems or beliefs that have led you to perform in a certain way that you felt like met society standards, um, but actually weren't working for you at all. So there's a a book called Queer God uh, de Amor by Miguel H. Diaz, um, which embraces this whole idea around Catholic mystical theology. with John of the Cross and the symbolism within LGBTQ love. I won't go into all of that, but I do want to talk about this idea of the stage in personal development when someone is going through the significant transition to some sort of deep perception of life, uh, their place in it, their identity. Often there's this painful shedding of some previous framework Um, whether that's around your relationship, your faith, belief system, identity, uh, career, whatever it might be, that had previously allowed them to construct some sort of meaning in life. But now they're being either forced or led through this night um, towards something else that will affirm them in a new way. So for many queer folks and LGBTQ affirming folks, allies, Uh, There has been some sort of dark night of the soul in the coming out experience. But I hope you hear me very clearly when I say it's not queerness that is bad or negative. Um, It's the systems in place that have projected this image that has made it so difficult for queer folks to come out, to live, to exist safely. And even if you yourself are not LGBTQ, this is important and it applies to you. You don't need to love someone of the same gender or have a gender experience outside of the binary to benefit from a queered version of love. Even our relationship with the spirit creates a foundation for understanding how our picture of the divine might be queered or broken open. Um, Queerness in its whole means that it can't be defined, it can't be bound, Emily Towns discusses the process of querying space uh, from a queer womanist perspective. And she says, if we can queer it, we might just be able to change it and get ourselves out of some of the boxes we find ourselves in and place others into. Queer is an umbrella. It's fluid. It is persistent and challenging, strict codification, if not absolutely refusing to be hemmed in and penned up. So in that, I want to share the story of Polly Murray, who um, is a queer saint, a mystic uh, by many means, um, and I think whose story speaks to this enveloping and relationship between dark night of the soul and the queer experience. Uh, Polly Murray was someone that I had studied during the course of my seminary experience. Um, and is also has a icon drawn by kelly Lattimore, who has done the artwork that is inner sanctuary which i'll share on sunday Uh, but Polly murray was born um in the early 1900s and again lived through so much transition in terms of both uh justice issues that related to people of color and lgbtq issues um Polly Marie had generational trauma in addition to accumulated trauma of her own experiences. She's exposed to a great deal of pain and loss from an early age. Um, her mother suffered a massive cerebral hemorrhage um, um, when she was three years old. Uh, Polly's father ended up um, in basically a, a state hospital um, where he ended up being beat to death uh, and Polly Murray had all of these other experiences um, of racism and violence that had been accumulated over time. Polly also had a difficult journey in understanding and accepting uh, their gender and sexuality and she was not afforded the opportunity to truly do so based on her race and her socioeconomic status. Um, being transgender and gay at this time, was still considered mental illness. She was hospitalized multiple times as she attempted to explore these aspects. But even with a life of difficulty, Polly had an astounding contribution to the furthering of justice through the civil rights movement. Um, She fought for the equality of her own and others like her. And she had this mystical experience in relationship to one of her friends whom she watched suffer and ultimately pass away. Um, But it was in this experience that she found her own driving force that pushed her towards a call towards ministry and pursuing a life well-lived and one that was lived in fullness. Polly ended up becoming uh, the first Episcopal priest um, that was a person of color and part of a a more broad, expansive gender experience. Um, She confronted her own sense of mortality, um, but also a union with ministry um, and with the divine that she only went through and found through this experience of a dark night of the soul where she was not sure what to do with her faith, particularly because of the challenge that she was faced with in determining her own understanding of sexuality and gender uh, based on what she had experienced with the church. But Murray found tenderness expressed both in her relationship with the divine and in relationship with others and it became the source of motivation and fountain from which she entered into ministry. Her experience as a Black person, part of a gender-expansive view um, of the world, was one particular experience, especially for uh, the time in which Polly was living. But it is important to name that there were communities that held Polly in this space. So as we celebrate National Coming Out Day, as we celebrate Solidarity Sunday, we see that there is a resemblance between the dark night of the soul and the coming out process that's especially mirrored within our American society uh, where certain pictures of the divine have been allowed to rule. We hope to express a more expansive, acquired version of the divine that can hold all of us, that can hold all of these pieces um, without difficulty, right? Without having to place one experience of life above another. But what is our role as a community in participating in or experiencing even the dark night of the soul? And I believe that the church replicates a process that many who are coming out go through. Often people who come out have a great deal of undoing, a feeling of separation that they go through before being able to walk into grace and full acceptance of their belonging, even though it's been true the whole time. They've just been made to believe that it's not so. There's also this mirror image of a process I talked about at the beginning of our eco-spirituality talk where there's space of awareness of our oneness with the divine with the earth with each other but often we are distracted we go through this disintegration and it leads us towards isolation and it takes some sort of experience that brings us back that reconnects us to that sense of oneness Um, i think it is in that process that the dark night of the soul uh reacts and works with us um Hazrat Inayat Khan says, There can be no rebirth without a dark night of the soul. A total annihilation of all that you believed in and thought you were. Um, The key, though, with all this, even if it's only a partial dark night of the soul, is that fear cannot lead us through. At least not the whole way. It might lead us into it. But love must lead us. Through the dark night of the soul even when we have no answers even when all we are filled with is uncertainty and questions and doubt feelings of hopelessness feelings of separation we must continue to find some small glimmer of love even if that has to start from within us even if that has to start from our understanding of the divine love that has been here before us, remains even after us, and remains all around us. Because somewhere on the other side, there's a beauty and belonging that has allowed the space to embrace one's whole identity. And this is good news for everyone, not just those who are part of the queer community. So as we exist in community with one another, I think we act almost as midwives to other people's inner transformation we can't do the birthing the rebirth process for them we can't always go through the pain or take on their burdens and we shouldn't right there's something of allowing other people to have their own process but we can support them and encourage them even as they struggle sometimes painfully to embrace new meaning in their lives, to come out into new life, to come out into true belonging. Um, And this kind of healing isn't just a mental, emotional, or bodily recovery, um, but it is a form of self-discovery that can only take place through this process. As we move from life into rebirth uh towards something that is whole towards something that allows love to lead us and not just fear we can't completely get rid of the fear no and we shouldn't try to stuff it down because all that will do is push it into our subconscious but still we can make a decision to allow love to lead and in that i hope and i pray that we figure out a way to come out into new love, radical acceptance, and true belonging every day, even if that looks different. I always say to myself, I try to bring my best self for that day. That looks very differently day to day. Sometimes that is getting out of bed. Sometimes that is making a difference in someone else's life. Sometimes it's somewhere in between. But regardless, my hope is that at the end of the day, I can say, love led me to this and sometimes love leads me back to loving myself and reminding myself that that has come from a divine presence that's been with me all along so i'm excited to explore a little bit more of Polly Murray's story on sunday uh, with you all and also to explore this idea of what does it mean to keep coming back to these themes of solidarity sunday of supporting National Coming Out Day, um, that it's not just something that we do during the month of June, right? Like this is a lived experience that we get to participate and support. So with all that, if you've made it to the end of this podcast, thank you for listening. And as we approach this week, may we love God, embrace beauty, and live life to the fullest. Amen.